Dunny Dan, we are back. Dunny Dan, back in the Dunny. Back in the Dunny. Man, it's been a while. It has been a while. COVID took a hit. It really did. Uh, you know, we kind of made an intentional decision to not go the Zoom route for any of these. Yeah. So we get back into the Dunny for recording, and here we are. Yeah, back in the Dunny only took us three months to kind of adapt to, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, the effects of COVID. In the grand scheme of life, time, the history of the planet, it's just a snap of the finger, huh? Yeah, three months? Three months. What's that? That's nothing. We'll say it was pretty unfortunate timing to launch everything right before a global pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Just two weeks before the city shuts down, you know? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not, not the greatest timing. Anyways, nonetheless, here we are. Here we are. What do we got on tap today, you're asking? Ah, uh, yeah. We got toxic masculinity. Toxic yeah. mask, as you refer to it. Yeah, unrelated to the COVID mask we're wearing. This is a whole different topic. Yeah, yeah. So those masks, they can become toxic, but yes, this is different. This is totally different. <laughs> so, uh, you know, kind of like we've done, definition, we'll talk about some content. Yeah. Uh, we'll go for there. And actually this is going to be a two part series on toxic masculinity. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, fell into my number five kind of deep, <laughs> deep hole, <laughs> had to pull myself out of it. Still reading articles about this. Yeah. Unsurprised over here. <laughs> Are Unsurprised. you? What's well, funny to say you fell into your five because yeah. it's like where you operate from all the time. <laughs> so I was well established in my five and I got stuck. It's so hard finding a stopping point. I had that same problem doing my thesis work, doing my dissertation. Like, yeah, really, there's just always it's information to pursue. Yeah. I mean, that's good to point out is we're going to do our best to kind of cover generally what's going on. Yeah. This topic we could probably cover for like forever. a while. Yeah. Because it's so pron pronounced. And I think it would be really poignant to also address how it relates to the contemporary civil unrest. Um, yeah. And so toxic masculinity creates this power structure that exists that creates um, what is uh, or most often portrayed in the context of gender disparity, but it creates disparity um, with gender, race, ethnicity, yeah. any time, anytime there's a majority and a minority hmm. group involved, um, this can be one variable in that mix. Yeah. Oh, certainly. Well, what if we start with the definition? Yeah. So let's go to the homie. The homie? Yeah. Which you know one? how you refer to Webster's dictionary as the homie? I've consulted Webster so many times in my life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I landed on the urban dictionary. Oh, urban's your homie. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The homie, the urban dictionary. All right. So here's the, here's the the homie's definition of toxic masculinity. It defines it as a social science term that describes narrow repressive type of ideas, a narrow repressive type of ideas about the male gender role that defines masculinity as exaggerated masculine traits like being violent, unemotional, sexually aggressive, and so forth. It also suggests that men who act too emotional or maybe aren't violent enough or don't do all the things that, quotations, real men do can get their, quotations, man card taken away. So, so you don't get stuff like that in Webster's. They're no. dictionary. Man card? You're not going to see that in Webster's. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. My homie is so much more classic. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Sophisticated, huh? It's kind of like a role reversal that I'm using the Urban Dictionary and you yeah. roll with Webster's. Oh, this is true. Yeah. Well, what does that mean? So um, there are these key characteristics. Maybe, maybe the easiest way to 
simplify it is just to say there are these characteristics currently associated with masculinity. Um, and if I were to summarize those, there's a handful of them. Mm-hmm. So one is that masculine traits include being socially dominant, um, being misogynistic or homophobic, mm-hmm. which are kind of negative connotations. So that comes across more as like uh, the role of being socially dominant or powerful in any setting, um, that okay. you're the leader in that setting, being sexually potent or dominant, mm-hmm. yeah, um, being aggressive and then um, the last one, I think, is a lot more nuanced, but being stoic or emotionally repressed or, or suppressing emotion. Yeah, the idea that you can't feel can't show emotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 How do, yeah, okay. So that's all super important. I love that the term here, man card, is in quotes a couple times. Because yeah. that's, like, that is kind of the exact representation of this whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, in order to be a man, you carry a man card. And if you carry a man card, it has to look like this. Yeah. Paradoxically, just an uh, <laughs> interaction I had a few months ago, just a few months ago, I received a compliment from another adult male who told me um, because of something I'd recently done that I'd earned my man card. That sounds about right. <laughs> it only t- <laughs> it only took me to, to my midlife to get my man card. <laughs> Here it is. Here it is. Yeah. Yeah, I looked through those traits and realized, yeah, I have... I don't have a lot of those traits. Like violent. Well, unemotional. <laughs> that one's there. <laughs> that one's there. <laughs> this, this yeah. se- sexually potent. <laughs> Certainly not. <laughs> so yeah. here's one question I have is that so we're referring to toxic masculinity. Yeah. And it's kinda it's defined by these different descriptors. Yeah. But there is a there is max masculinity that is not that. Yeah. And that's what's critical is um the toxic masculinity is actually this narrow um, view of masculinity. It's a narrow description of traits, and then those are just amplified and exaggerated. Um, yeah. Whereas masculinity could be considered in a much broader term. And perhaps what would be important to consider even is kind of the history, both of that term and then the history of masculinity more generally. So yeah. um, it would be helpful to like look at the history of that term being used and how it came about and what it was in reference to. But then just what you're saying in terms of the broader umbrella of masculinity, has that always looked the way that it does now? Yeah. As it's, it's really interesting. That's a great question. Yeah. So can you take us through the history of the term? Yeah, this actually, this was super enlightening for me. So, um, this uh, phenomenon, the term first began to be used just in the 80s, which... Really? Yeah. Not, not super that long, long ago. ago. Yeah. No. Yeah. Cure. Like really young. candles. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, someone born in that decade is probably really young still. Yeah. Very young. Remember that. <laughs> so, so it came out of the 80s and it came in relation to uh, what became known as the mythopoetic movement. Okay. Um, which was super interesting. It was actually this movement um, that uh, harkens to like Jungian theory. So these archetypes, that they're these underlying archetypes in society and peoples that get passed down and perpetuated. And it it, um, focused on how men had become to be defined by those characteristics that we just named Hmm. and the mythopoetic movement 
was an effort to say, no, there are these deeper inherent qualities to masculinity that men are losing touch with and that society is losing reference to. Um, so these groups of men would meet one of the prominent authors. His name was Shepard Bliss, and he may have been the person that specifically came up with the term um, toxic masculinity. And he had there was this counter term that was used called deep masculinity that would say there were elements of masculinity that were inherent and deeper and were losing focus. And those included like a work ethic or like pride in achievement, um, desire for growth, and that those were masculine traits that were losing focus, yeah. Okay, so there was kind of this shift to where an emphasis got placed in these different traits that were more representative of what's what's referred to as toxic masculinity. Yeah. And then there's other things like you're saying, achievement, uh, work ethic, Mm -hmm. those kinds of things got lost. Mm Mm-hmm. And so they tried to take it back. The, the, the mythopoetic movement is called a movement because they would actually meet in these groups of men and like, yeah, hold these meetings together and discuss um, how that rise of toxic masculinity was affecting them as people. Um, so they, it, it, it's a tough, it's, it's a bit of a convoluted history because they were like seeking sympathy but also t- the traits of toxic masculinity had set up for a long period of time, this power structure okay. um, that had really imbued men and particularly white men with power. Yeah. Well, what jumps into my mind there in with your mention of culture is that I would assume that this is not consistent across time and space. Yeah. And so that's even like a little bit of a fallacy in what they were setting up because they said deep masculinity were these inherent traits. Mm. But what's what's paradoxical is that across the span of history, uh, masculinity has actually been viewed in different ways. Um, yeah, so like a, a really good example is even in Western culture, so Western European and U.S. Um, and North American culture, uh, it, it, it just as recently as the 1800s, it was a lot more common for men to actually be a lot more what we would call today emotionally vulnerable with their male counterparts, with their mm. peers and friends and close relationships, to be like expressive and communicative, to really highlight and value their relationship with their their friends, their male friends. Yeah. Um, and in open ways, in ways that today would be seen as um, too vulnerable. Turn it in your man card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then when you look across culture, there are cultures where it's different, where masculinity is defined differently, and what's highlighted and emphasized is different. And so, for me, whenever something doesn't exist across history and across culture basically a ta- across time and space right the mm-hmm. two most philosophical philosophically profound concepts like it, it's not inherent yeah yeah <laughs> right yeah like so so it's this flexible malleable thing that gets defined by the current time and the current space that you're in for sure and i would imagine that there's a massive influence of history into the culture thing so like you're saying that socialization would shape a lot of this Mm -hmm. Um, and that this has existed for a really long time Mm -hmm. particular to western white patriarchy yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so it so admittedly because of that because of where we're at currently 
um, for me, I think it's a little embarrassing to address the topic because here I am, this white male um, who unintentionally but um, undeniably has benefited from this being a structure in place. Right. Oh, certainly. Yeah. So I find myself in that same seat. Right. But so with those benefits that someone like you and I would experience who are white, who are male, um, in that, in this patriarchal scenario, there's also a massive amount of negative impacts that this has on society. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so here, here's the paradox in it all, right? Is like, I think these things exist for people to obtain power on either a conscious or subconscious level. Mm -hmm. And then they fear if they let go of this thing that it's going to remove the power that they have as an individual. And so it's really fear driven to like look at this thing or to change this thing. But, um, toxic masculinity has not benefited (laughs) society. No, generally on a wide scale. Yeah. Can I go back to our emotions potty? Yeah, let's, yeah. Just real quick. So let's talk emotions like lights on the dashboard, fear, protective. What is it that people who are male or with this power structure are trying to protect? Yeah. And it sounds like the thing you're saying is power. The idea that that's how they get to the point where they can be successful in life, right? Mm -hmm. That this, that those traits. So if you think about it and I, I don't know if you know this, but for me, it's undeniable like those traits for me unintentionally or intentionally um were taught as like this is how you demonstrate manliness and then become successful in life yeah yeah Yeah. so can we go through some of those negative impacts on of toxic masculinity (laughs) and what it does for our society yeah i mean we could so in particular what becomes important to point out is that these negative impacts, um, it has such a drastically negatively negative influence on gender and creates gender disparity. Um, so I think it may be valuable to define a couple of things. And so one is a majority group and a minority group. And so looking at majority and minorities, Um, it's easy to define that as by virtue of numbers. So if there are more people, then that's a majority versus if there are fewer people, then that's a minority. But in sociological terms, the definition can actually vary from that. So majority and minority in, in sociological terms don't just reference the pure quantity of something but the power that exists for one group to another. And so a majority group would be a group defined as holding um, social or cultural capital in various contexts and settings, um, whereas the minority group would be the group with less of that capital and and, and less power and influence. So quantitatively, you could have less people with more power. Yeah. More power is referred to as majority. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. From a sociological standpoint. So talking about toxic masculinity is created this power structure where men are the majority because they hold more power and influence as a result of this being one structure in place. Okay. Independent of whether there are more yeah. or less males. Yeah. And men. then when you look at the minority group that um, experiences detriment because of this, 
that that's a wide range that could be along lines of just gender it could be along lines of race and ethnicity it could be along lines of any group like um a, a minority or an a underage child um yeah so someone under the age of 18 um not an adult um yeah this this can influence all of those variables and then secondly i think it'd be helpful to define gender so gender um is non-binary and our ability to understand that is is growing i believe contemporaneously um and so some of what we're going to talk about will I think fall into statistics that um, have used a binary model to develop those statistics. And so it'll often focus on men and women, right? but there are, there's a range of gender identity, right? Yeah. And so that'll probably be an area for development as, oh, yeah. as, as uh, people are collecting research and conducting yeah. research going forward. Um, so again, going back to toxic masculinity, there's these certain traits. What it does is it's, uh, creates a lot of inequality and it's correlated with things like workplace dominance, sexual aggression, and other perpetuated forms of inequality. Uh, I see this word mansplaining. <laughs> I've heard this word mansplaining, <laughs> maybe accused of it. What, what is it? Oh, mansplaining is when, um, how would I, how would I define this? When a default goes to a man as the expert yeah or so like i'll tell you because i'm a man that kind of thing yeah i think that's i think it's really great of you to define it in those two ways because i think both exist yeah um so i think in a room or in a setting where there are several individuals um and there are a variety of genders in that room um that sometimes the structure will set it up that if a question is asked the first person um to respond or cued to respond can often be a man. Yeah. Um, and then secondly, we as men um, take advantage of that, even if the <laughs> even if the the cue isn't there. Yeah. So we might default to ourselves. Yeah. yeah. To step in and explain things. Um, right. uh, yeah. I I just recently actually listened to another podcast about an article that was recently published about all of this that looked at um, group decisions made in business settings. Mm. And it's incredible the amount of time that men speak versus women, um, how male and female counterparts rate each other despite the contribution made by each. Um, uh, It's so sickening. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's fascinating, kind of in the current context, right? Yeah. Can I go through some of these statistics on uh, gender economic inequality? Yeah, yeah. So if we look at the workplace, yeah. Yeah, throw, throw it out. Like some some things that come to mind. Look, ninety five percent of Fortune five hundred CEOs are men. That is a huge disparity. Yeah, and so so some people I think try and throw out things like, oh, that's because of their effort, <laughs> or right? Like how much, <laughs> right? How much work they put in? Yeah, like ninety five percent is an absurd ratio for if we go back to speaking about majority minority by numbers, like that is not representative. <laughs> oh, right. Well, it isn't even the statement that it's a result of effort somewhat. I mean, that's gender biased, right? Um, like, and that statement's meant to perpetuate. 
the cycle the ideal right the ideal, yeah. that the person had put forward that effort to do that right so that's a that's one despair of figure uh, another one 63 percent of minimum wage workers are women <laughs> women make less than 80 percent of their male counterparts yeah that is staggering yeah so like um that what that means is like um employees that are in similar positions performing similar work functions like basically work equals mm-hmm. women are paid 80 percent of what men are wow so if i get paid a dollar for my work someone's doing the exact same work who's a woman yeah they get paid 80 cents less than 80 cents less than so 80 cents. the numbers can vary it's like around 76 to 78 wow. cents yeah okay um what about this one maybe this kind of relates to our mansplaining Women are less likely to be included in discussion or viewed as intellectual contributors in business discussions. Yeah. And that in part relates to that study I was just referencing. It, it was incredible. It, so the degree to which this happens is just sickening. Um, mm. I think they referenced like uh, um, men would speak, I think like 80% of the time. And they did this interesting thing where they actually assigned people into groups and then had them make decisions. And these were like um, people with graduate degrees in finance. So these are like well-educated people, everyone with the same education. I think they had graduated from... um, is is either Princeton or Yale. It was an Ivy League school. Yeah, just below NAU. Yeah, Yeah, just (laughs) below the Harvard of the West. Yeah. And and in those situations, it was remarkable how much more men would speak. And Mm. then in the groups, the way that it varied is that even with more women in the group, it actually didn't strongly influence how much... Uh, men spoke versus women and then on the far end of the spectrum where there were more women in the group the dialogue was more robust it was more open the decision making was wider there were these characteristics of those discussions that didn't exist in the male-dominated groups Um, and then at the end of it they would have everyone rate the participants in their group in the decision making process and women were consistently rated as um as friendly as like friendly and amicable but not seen as like intellectual contributors to the decisions made in the group wow despite having equal education Uh, yeah despite being incredibly bright yeah capable they were basically shut down and then seen as not not intellectually contributing so we could reasonably conclude that is a that is the system in its in its uh yeah that's how it spins that's what it's doing it's it's at work yeah 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 yeah. yikes what about sexual violence this one to me is one of the ones that's more like really overt yeah so this is really upsetting too so and this this first one this number can vary too it's like uh, one out of every five or one out of every six american women will experience an attempted or completed rape. Jeez. Yeah. So you're talking 15 to 20% of women. Yeah. And that's different. I want to be clear. That's different than just sexual assault because the amount that experience sexual assault is like one to three, one or one out of three, sorry. Yeah. And so sexual assault can occur in such a wider variety of ways. This is attempted rape. Um, 
attempted or completed rape yeah. one out of five or six american women yeah that is uh staggering yeah and, and gross what about the just number of adult sexual assaults toward women like is that a pretty disparate figure when compared to a sexual assaults toward men yeah so 90 percent sexual assaults are nine um, out of ten perpetrated against women against women so women are as a result of the the power structure um toxic masculinity and its traits and how those work out create massive problems for women yeah and even just thinking about any gender minority like even if we go back to like workplace statistics like transgender unemployment Mm. yeah is three times the national average wow and so if you think about 95 percent of ceos if you think about about that as a representative model for who is traditionally in power in workplace settings it's going to be men um and because of the some of the characteristics that are highlighted or amplified or seen as masculine um that leads to minority groups with less power and influence along the lines of gender being um, any non-binary gender or women they it's it's troubling yeah yeah Yeah. extremely disproportionate yeah yeah and it it gets worse (laughs) that's uh, encouraging so (laughs) it gets worse it's sickening isn't it yeah um so violence Hmm. so looking at violence 93 percent of women murdered by men are murdered by men that they knew okay so that's a majority of the time of men in their life not just strangers like happening about and that can often happen because men have this idea of what they're entitled to or um yeah yeah what about so like what about if if what did you say 93 percent of women who are murdered are murdered by men that they know yeah what about percentage of women who are murdered by an intimate partner who's a man yeah um so that's like 38 percent of them wow so four out of ten basically yeah so try and imagine like this is a scary world based on these ideals of masculinity ideals that we know have only existed for the past century and a half for sure even in western culture that aren't inherent ideals but we that men use as this power structure to perpetuate and avoid the fear that they're not going to be successful Mm -hmm. yeah yeah now here's where we come back to um we come back to realizing that it creates this power structure and men seem to benefit in ways where you know they can be more successful economically or maybe um achieve their their entitled desires Um, however what we've become increasingly aware of is that this does not benefit men like it the paradox is that we that men may subconsciously fall into the notion that this is how i achieve success and there's clear evidence that it doesn't yeah so if i hear you right what we're saying is there's this inherent power structure in the dynamic the thing that creates benefits for men only it only exists at their own peril 
Yeah, like, and and if you if you don't think that's true, like we can just go through numbers there too. Okay. Like there are drastically, drastically higher rates of suicide, homicide, substance dependence, risk taking behaviors. Um, there's significant limitations in seeking or accepting help when you just talk about health care or mental health. Yeah. Um, so, so if we have the idea that this thing allows us to achieve and be successful, we're absolutely wrong. Right. Yeah. That paradox or that it seems upside down, right? Like this idea of attaining all this power and really bogarting it actually then creates all of these problems, yeah. not just for society, but for the group at, at, with power yeah. itself. Yeah. So that group that perceives itself to be powerful and maybe perceives those characteristics as achieving that power and is inherent to what they were born with. Yeah. Um, first of all, we know that they weren't because it wasn't, it's not consistent across time and space. Right. And secondly, it is not helping. Yeah. So like, let's look at some of the statistics there. So with substances. Okay. Yeah. So, and you know this from your experience, right? Like men are nearly twice as likely to experience a substance use disorder. Yeah. Um, men are twice as likely to drink and, and 1.2 times more likely to experience disorder related to drinking. Uh-huh. Men are more than two times likely to binge drink. They're more likely to abuse more serious substances. Yeah, yeah. And uh, um, amount of drink also. Yeah more likely to drink more in a drinks in a drinking day. Yeah. Yeah. Like that binge drinking. Yeah. Yeah. So substances and then crime, let's jump to crime, break it down. So so violent crime. Here's what's really important is 70% or 78% of victims of violent crime are men. Hmm. So 78% of the time, like even when we talk about those murders of women, that's actually just a small portion of murders that occur. Yeah. 78% of violent crime, the victims are men. Specifically, 77% are homicide victims. So 77% of homicide victims are male. When it comes to aggravated assault, 70%, 76% are male. Um, and then if you look away from just like crime, and murder and assault when it comes to suicide men are 3.5 times more likely to die by suicide wow and typically by more violent means right Mm -hmm. so overall and then if you look at just the life expectancy men have a shorter life expectancy and that's often as a result of poor health care that they accept or seek and um and higher rates of stress-related disorders yeah um And so there's a shorter life expectancy overall for men. Yeah. So all of this to me, I guess, you know, when I, when I, when we're going through all these statistics, what I see is it's kind of like, okay, so men are, we're living out, we're practicing these ideals that represent this form of masculinity, Mm -hmm. but really what it's doing is causing all these problems societal wide. And then it's creating our own problems as well. Yeah. Like this is not helping. Yeah. Like for me, this is way an oversimplification, but instead of, perpetuating power it's really creating this pressure that leads to a disconnect that people are trying to solve through risk-taking behaviors substances that result in things like assault and murder um on health like 
yeah. not feeling well. Yeah. So this does not contribute to a healthy society. No. So as we look toward winding down this episode, we're going to go into a second episode where we're going to cover some more. Um, so <laughs> we're going to expand upon this topic a little yeah. bit. First, we're going to introduce you all to one of our favorite people in the world who we've absolutely never met. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The homie. The homie, Joe Talbot from The Idols, the melodic tunes and notes of the band, The Idols. If you haven't heard of The Idols, it's a band. Go look them up. It's really soothing, um, melodic, um, but powerful lyrics. Powerful lyrics will help you go night-night if you're uh, in a a state of cognitive (laughs) fog, (laughs) just stuck in the hamster wheel. So we'll introduce you to Joe Talbot and The Idols and talk a little bit about his approach to this topic and what he's done for this, um, for again, speaking against toxic masculinity. We're going to talk a little bit more about patterns and considerations of toxic masculinity. And then for me, the thing that's really important here that we've talked about in our quick and nerdies is also, so here it is like we're, we're trying to spotlight it. What now, what do we do? Yeah. Yeah. And interestingly, APA came out with guidelines for working with men and boys. Um, just, two years ago just a year and a half ago yeah um apa being the american psychological association which we often refer to as the mothership yeah the mothership <laughs> so yeah look forward to that why don't you take us out by shouting us out no doubt you can always check us out on our website www.beyondflag.com flag spelled flg and man we're making an instagram and a really strong concerted <laughs> twitter push right now so please hit us up beyond underscore flag visit our profile tag uh beyond flag also um hashtag connection to self connection to others connection to the environment when you're doing something related to that for sure all right loveys take care